But today we're going into the second chapter of Acts. If you have your Bibles, open them up to the second chapter. This is all about that great pouring, uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. I mean, what an exciting passage to preach on. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turned there. Before we go any further, I want to watch a refresher video, I'd say, on the Holy Spirit. Let's watch it together, and then we'll, we'll get it going. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but... What is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. So you feel that inside you? Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply. That, too, is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's Ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's Spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's Spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's Ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass, and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up, and God's Spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. This story is saying that God's Spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now... Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus, and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's Spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing Spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the Spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's Spirit. And so today, the Spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. 
And the Christian hope is that the Spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity, living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving Spirit. All right, let's go. Chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Verse 7, utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. So if you remember from last week, a group of Jesus' followers, they are gathered together. There's around 120 of them. If you missed last Sunday, by the way, please go online. Go to our website or go to Facebook or you can subscribe to our podcast. Yes, we have a Lifespring podcast, but please, if you can, listen to the message that I preached last Sunday. But this group of around, again, 120, they're gathered. And if you remember from last week, they're gathered because they are obeying Jesus' command to gather. Right. His command to wait in Jerusalem, to be clothed with power from on high, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then here we are in the passage I just read. We're here at the day of Pentecost and the spirit falls on them and it's loud. Isn't that exciting to hear that descriptive word that it's loud? It's the sound like the blowing of a violent wind that comes from heaven with fire resting on each one. All of them are now filled with the Holy Spirit. Such a beautiful image and picture of each one now individually a tabernacle of the presence of God. But then they begin to speak in other languages. But it's kind of cool, isn't it? Because the languages that they're speaking, people from all over seem to understand these languages. Where people from all these different regions say, these followers of the Christ, they're declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Well, time out, right? Wait, wait just a second. This is what I thought this week. What are all these people from all these other nations even doing in Jerusalem in the first place? That's a good question to ask. Well, I want to show you this map. There's a little picture. These are all the places that these people are from. And look how they are converging to Jerusalem. Why are all these people in Jerusalem? Well... They're there because, yeah, it's the P- Pentecost, right? Pentecost. It is the day of Pentecost. Uh, the seven weeks that follow the celebration of, does anyone know the other word? It starts with a P. Passover. That's right. Two points for you. Passover. Passover being the day that God freed. Remember Passover, right? God frees his people from the slavery and oppression uh, in Egypt and Moses and all the people that they, they get out of Egypt. But then seven weeks later, Something pretty powerful happens. God gives the Torah. Remember that? God gives the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. 
And so all the Jewish people, they celebrate this. They have this celebration called the Feast of Weeks. And we learned about this in our trip uh, to Israel a couple of years ago. And, and the Jewish people, they'd come to Jerusalem. They'd celebrate this feast. And so today we've arrived. We're at the day of Pentecost. All these people have come. And again, Pentecost meaning 50 days. Again, seven weeks would be 49 days. Add Passover to that. You got five zero fifty. So everybody's there. They're all gathered together to celebrate, to celebrate that God has, again, think about what he did. He wrote his commandments on these tablets of stone at Mount Sinai. Side note, this isn't what I'm preaching on today, but please do not miss the power of today's passage, the timing of today's passage. Come on, on the same day that they're celebrating, this is so good, God writing his commandments on tablets of stone, we now celebrate Pentecost as the day that God wrote his commandments on the tablets of our hearts, on our flesh. Praise the Lord. How awesome is that? But again, there's people from all over and they can hear the wonders of God, right? That's what he says, the wonders of God in their own language. But then look what happens next. Verse 12. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Next verse. Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. So there's a group. They're amazed. They're complex. They're asking a lot of questions. But then there's another group that's just simply making fun of these believers saying, you have had too much to drink, right? You, my friend, are drunk. Whoa. (laughs) As I read these verses this past week, I was thinking, as I consider... My walk with God and and the move of God in my life. I just want to say this. I am very familiar with those two responses to what God is doing in my life. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Right? Because as I think about my walk with Jesus, I'm pretty open. I mean, I'm literally reading uh, or uh, reading or I'm literally wearing a shirt that says I read it because I need it. So I'm pretty open about my faith. But that means the parents on Monday, Ava had a softball game on Monday afternoon. Guess what? The parents there, they know I'm a Christian. They know I'm a pastor at a local church. My hairdresser, I love my hairdresser. Uh, She just made me a whole new batch of spring rolls. They're, they're amazing. They're delicious. But she knows I'm a Christian. The karate studio owner, a wonderful guy uh, next to Walgreens, uh, really, really good guy. He knows I'm a Christian. Uh, guess who else knows? Uh, let's say the mayors, uh, the mayors of Edgewood, the Milton Fife. They know I'm a Christian. The Fife Milton Edgewood Chamber of Commerce. They know I'm a Christian. I, I got to uh, share one time there and, and it was really mean of me, but I got up there and of course they know I'm a pastor. So that made me, made them nervous that I was even coming up with the mic. And then the first thing I said was this. So point one of my sermon today, I thought it was hilarious, but no one laughed because they all thought I was going to start preaching. (laughs) The North Pierce County Community Coalition knows I'm a Christian. The East Pierce Fire Department, they know I'm a Christian. The police chief of Milton, he knows I'm a Christian. The bank knows I'm a Christian. Ava's principal, he knows I'm a Christian. Her teachers throughout the years, they know that I'm a Christian. And guess what? Maybe you can relate to this, but in general, it kind of feels like there's two responses to this truth. There's one, I would say, that is curiosity. Kind of like we get a chat. Again, on Monday, I got a chat. We talked about being a pastor, talking about being a, a, a church through the pandemic. And, you know, you get to talk about a thousand different things. And I've had some of those conversations where people's heart, they're just curious and they just want to kind of just do life together, right? And they ask questions. And I love that. But then there's a second response, and it's like, Dan, you're crazy. (laughs) And it's not like a good crazy. Like, Dan, you're crazy. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and to be honest, the crazy comment, sometimes it comes right away. Other times it's like, man, like, you know, we're building a relationship. This has happened more than I can tell you. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, and you've got to come to church. And so then they come to church and it happens in church. And they're like in the fourth row and they're like, no, it's settled. Like, you're on something. You're crazy. You're crazy. But I want to challenge you, Life Spring. And I've, I was feeling this for you this week. Are you living in such a way that forces people to even have one of those two responses? That's a good question to ask. Am I even living in a way where people know I'm a follower of Jesus? Are you living in such a way where people are amazed or curious or you know, making fun of you, calling you drunk or crazy? Or are you living in such a way where nobody could ever tell you apart from anybody else living in this world? People should notice Jesus on you. People noticed that God was doing something in these believers. How are people noticing what God is doing in you? What does that even look like in 2021? Like, I'm not necessarily sure it's the sandwich board blowhorn guy, you know, I'm reading. Like, I'm not, you know, maybe, but probably not. But wow, sometimes our church, just church in general, we strive so hard to fit in our culture, to fit in our world, that we start sounding and looking just like our culture and just like our world. And nobody can tell the difference between a believer and a non-believer. But come on, church. Jesus changes everything. By the way, when I say something like that, it's totally okay to say amen. Uh, Amen. Jesus changes it. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power, things change, right? You talk differently. You walk differently. You love differently. Live differently. And the change is noticeable to those around you. So consider your life, right? What does that look like with your family members who don't know Jesus? And I get it. With family members who don't know Jesus, it's hard. Like that's one of the hardest mission fields. But think about that. Think about that with your coworkers, with your classmates at Safeway, 7-Eleven, Ranchitos, wherever that is. I, and I, I don't think you need to force it. Please don't fake it. I mean, we don't need any more of that, right? But what does it look like to live in a way where people notice an authentic, real change? The change that only Jesus can make. But that they see that. They witness the change that Jesus has made in your life. Where people notice, man... I don't even know if I believe in God, but if I did believe in God, God is doing something in that person's life. When was the last time someone said that about you? Because remember, here at Pentecost, this is all about what God is doing. It's about what God is doing in these people, about what God is doing in them, but also through them. It's about God. It's about God coming upon them in power, the fire on their heads, the languages coming out of their mouths. It wasn't about them just trying to be Christian-y. Right? It wasn't about them just like muscling a bunch of effort to be different. I don't think they were trying at all. In fact, I would say it this way. Instead, I think they were just open to the overflow of what God was wanting to do in their life. Did you hear that? Did you catch that? I think they were just open to the overflow of what God was wanting to do in their life. It was the overflow of being completely surrendered and yielded to be filled with the Spirit of God. So, come on, what does that look like for the overflow of God to come upon your life in power? What does that look like to the world around you? And my encouragement this morning to you is simply this. Whatever God is doing in you, however God is moving in your life in power, 
However that might look, wherever that might look, whenever that might look. Listen, church, don't extinguish it. Don't suppress it. Don't quench it. Don't bury it. Don't stop it. Don't hide it. Don't ignore it. You, this, this is so important. If you are a believer here today, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. But just because He is living inside of you, that does not mean that you have given Him permission to flow and move through you. I want to say that again. This is so important. Just because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, and I'm thankful that when I said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit took residence in my life. But just because He's sitting on the sofa doesn't mean He's the King of your house. Today is the day to say yes to God. Say, God, I am ready for You to move in power, not just in me, but through me. Is anybody else ready To say, I want God to work through me. It is not some mystical pastor somewhere on YouTube's job to reach all the people. And yeah, that guy has really big arms and a tight shirt and he looks cool. And he has a part to play, but it's just a part. How is God and His power moving through you? And if you're open... I want to be open. Anyone want to just be open to the Lord today? I want to be open. If you're open to the move of the Holy Spirit in you, open to the move of the Holy Spirit through you, I guarantee you, you are going to have moment after moment after moment after moment when you're standing before someone and you're just going to be standing. You're like, oh my goodness, God, you're stirring my heart right now. You are stirring me up in this moment. You want to move in me, but you also want to move through me. And don't you start being weird in that moment. That's not going to work. But you trust and you obey the Lord and you do what He's calling you to do. I just had this happen. Well, I haven't happened all the time, but I just had this happen at Kathy Hager's memorial service. The service is over. Afterward, I'm talking with a couple, and I don't know this couple. I mean, it's Arkansas. I've never been to Arkansas in my life, but I'm talking to this couple, and I just knew I was supposed to pray for them. And so I said, is it okay if I pray for you? I mean, the Holy Spirit, again, He's moving in me, but He wants to move through me. And so I said, i got to catch my plane. i got to leave, but can I pray for you? And of course, they said, yes. And as I prayed, the, the Lord just began to download so many words for them. And I, and I faithfully told them what I felt like the Lord wanted me to say to them. And church, they just began to weep. They began to cry. Why? Because the Lord, the God of the heavens and the earth, the Lord, their Maker, their Creator was speaking to them. But I want you to hear this. I didn't do anything special. The only thing I did was I was open I was willing to let the Holy Spirit not just work in me, but through me in that moment. Are you, be, are you willing, church? Are you willing to be used by God, by the Holy Spirit in this way? By the way, God isn't going to force you, right? You know that. You've lived long enough. You, uh, so many of us say yes to the Lord a couple of times, no to the Lord a whole lot more, right? We know what that's like, that He hasn't forced you yet. And by the way, also, there's going to be a lot of fear that's going to try to keep you down. Wow, fear is a powerful emotion. Man, this world, like, it's running on fear right now. And fear is going to keep you down. Fear is going to keep you silent. But I promise you this week, you're going to be standing. You're going to be standing. It'll be a family member. It'll be a boss. It'll be a coworker, a classmate. It's going to be a spouse, friend. I don't know. Maybe it's even going to be a stranger. You're just going to be standing before them. And you're going to feel it. The Lord's going to be stirring your heart. You know, you get the sweaty palms. You ever had that happen before when the Lord's really speaking to you and, and your heart starts beeping, beating and your, your, your palms are sweaty and the Lord's 
stirring you, right? He's speaking to you. But in that moment, how are you going to respond? Are you going to respond by fear or by faith? Right? Are you going to respond by fear or by faith? I hope you respond as these believers did, as Peter did, by faith. Because this is so good. In this passage today, Acts chapter 2, look how Peter responds to the move of God. Again, the crowd is gathered. And we got two responses in this crowd. Some are asking questions. Some are amazed. Others are making fun of them. You ever have someone make fun of you? It doesn't feel good, right? They're laughing at them. They're mocking them. And yet Peter, come on. Peter gets up and responds by faith to the powerful move of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. This is powerful. I want this to encourage all of us today. Peter addresses the crowd. Verse 14. He stands up with the eleven. He raises his voice. I just want you to hear this. Part of your faith is going to be you opening your mouth and speaking. Some of you need to hear that today. There's been so much going on in your mind and in your heart, but the Lord is saying, I want you to open your mouth. He speaks. He says, fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. Come on. (laughs) No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show you wonders in heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness. The moon to blood before the coming of the great glorious day of the Lord and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Praise the Lord. He says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth, he was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs. God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man, he was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, you put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. So then Peter says, after quoting that song, he's fellow Israelites. I can tell you confidently, the patriarch David, he died. He was buried. His tomb is here to this day, but he was a prophet. And see, David knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne, seeing what was to come. He he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. If you have ears to hear, hear today, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. He has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made Jesus. This crowd is listening to this man. He says, hey, listen up. God has made Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Brothers, what shall we do? Peter 
Again, by faith. Not fear, but by faith. You know what you need to do? Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. Every one of you. Repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you know what? You're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I got good news because the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And he keeps going. They don't even record all of his words. I mean, he's a preacher. The preacher's got to preach. He's preaching. Verse 40 says, many other words he warned them. He pleaded with them. He said, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. I feel like I got a 3,000 message today. I feel that today, church. Praise the Lord. See, Peter responded to what the Lord was doing. He stands up with the other disciples. He raises his voice. He speaks to the crowd. He responds to this massive outpouring of God's Spirit. He responds by standing before the crowd. His response isn't fear. His response is faith. He preaches. He's quoting the Bible. He's quoting Joel and he's quoting the Psalms and by the way, I don't even know if it's that encouraging of a message. I mean, it's kind of a challenging sermon. I mean, I kind of be squirming. There's a lot. Like, you killed him. Oh, I killed him. I didn't kill him. Well, you killed him. I didn't kill him. Like, it's kind of one of those kind of messages. But listen, it's a message from the throne room of heaven, and it cuts straight to their heart. Sometimes we're so worried about what I say and how I say it and when I say it. If it's from God, just let it be from God. It's going to speak how God wants it to speak. And if it's a word from God, it's going to cut through all the, the stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it's going to speak to their hearts. Man. Don't you want that? It's just whoever it is in your life, they say, man, okay, okay. I give up. I surrender. What do I need to do? And you say, you know, repent. Turn. <laughs> turn from the way you live. Just turn to God. Turn to Jesus. Give Him your life. Turn to Him. Be baptized. Let the world know that you're His follower. Just fully jump in. Don't just tiptoe into the shallows, but jump into the deep. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. And I was really gripped by verse 41 because it says those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to the number that day. But it says those who accepted his message. Church, to me that means that not everybody accepted Peter's message that day. I want you to hear this. Not everyone in your life is going to accept your message. And there's a lot of fear with that. And that's what's kept a lot of us silent. Is we're really afraid of rejection. But here's the deal, and this is encouraging. Many will reject your message, but some will accept your message. Is it worth it? Is it worth it for those that will accept your message? I think it is. I think it is. I think today is the day of salvation. Now, in this season, is the season that we speak up, we raise our voices, and not everyone will accept our message but some will. Amen? Okay, church, I close with this. Life spring, God is moving, but remember this. 
I, I don't know if we're all convinced of this, but remember, God and His move, God moves through God's people. I just believe that. Read the Bible. God moves through God's people. We're His ambassadors. That's who we are, right? We're made in His image, but we're also being conformed to the image of Christ. As His representatives, as His ambassadors, we are messengers of the good news of Jesus Christ. But when we go out, we don't go out by our own strength, but who do we go out? Whose power is it? Yeah, absolutely. It's the power of God. It's the power of Pentecost, right? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. So just like Peter's message here in Pentecost, there's power. I want to encourage you today. There's power behind what you say. There's power behind what you do in the name of Jesus. So wherever you are, just obey the Lord. Relax. Calm down. Obey the Lord. Your, your mind is going way too fast. And you've given yourself the 101 excuses why I should never talk. But just take that off. Just take whatever that helmet is of doubt and fear and anxiety. Whoop! Take it off. You are a child of God. You're a follower of Jesus. And you have the power of God living inside of you. You do what He asks you to do. You say what He asks you to say. You live the way He has asked you to live. Trust and obey the Lord. And I just believe this at my core. Not just for me, but for every person in this room. When you obey the Lord, when you do what He's asking you to do, when you say what He's asking you to say, miracles are going to happen. I believe that. I live that. One of the worst things in my life is when I'm with someone that says, you know, it's just so depressing because, you know, in the Bible you see all these miracles and all these things, but, you know, you don't see it in this year. I'm like, where, what life are you living? Are we just in two different planets? Because I see the miraculous move of God every day. And I'm just telling you, you step out in faith and you will get to see that. You'll get to see people healed. You'll get to see people delivered and set free. All what? Not by your own strength, but by the power of God falling upon you, resting upon you, working in you. But come on, I declare this over your life. Working through you. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 God loves His church. He loves working through you. Because who gets the glory? Whose kingdom advances? I mean, His love's working through His church. And He gets all the glory. So we get to be conduits. Conduits of His grace, His love, His mercy, His compassion, His salvation. We're windows, right? We're open doors to our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends. All who get to see a God, a loving, faithful God through our lives, they get to see a God who is calling them to salvation. So live out loud for Jesus. <laughs> and some are going to call you crazy. What are you drinking? Others will come, Jesus, and they'll say, tell me more. One of my favorite things about being back on social media, and that's a rough sea, but one of my favorite things is all the non-Christians who, they, they won't post on my public page, but they'll, uh, what do they call it, IM me or PM me or whatever the thing is, they'll message me, yeah. I just had a couple more of those this week. They want to know. They're searching. And they're not here. But that's okay. God loves them. He's pursuing them. Some of you right now, I heard your stories even this morning. You have people in your life that you just love, but you know God loves them and, and you want them to come. They're not here yet, but don't worry about that. Relax. It's all good. God's for them. He's the hound of heaven. He's not giving up on them. But you keep on speaking. Speaking from that place of God's love, but also God's power. And they will come to you and they'll say, just tell me more. What does this mean? What do I need to do to be saved? 
you know, to talk a little bit more about all of this and what it looks like to respond to the Holy Spirit, to respond to what He's doing in your life and what it really looks like to live it out, what it means to speak, to open your mouth and to speak. I wanted to invite a very special person to the stage. So would you please give a warm life spring welcome to Gina Britt. Praise the Lord. Pushing past the fear this morning. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I have my notes here because I don't trust myself to go off, to not go off topic. Because let me tell you that I can sing about God's praises forever. Amen? All right, so if you don't know me, I'm Gina. Um, and I'm just so amazed at what God is doing right now. Um, what he's showing and teaching me, um, all the things he's bringing into fruition right here at LifeSpring. And it's all because I'm choosing to say yes to God, right? My palms are sweaty, I'm shaking, my heart is pounding, but yet I'm up here, right? Um, in my walk, God has spoken hope to me. That word, hope. I've clung to it through the ups and through the downs. The Bible tells us that hope does not disappoint. In Hebrews 10.23, he says, Let us hold tightly to the hope that we affirm, because God can be trusted to keep his promises. Do you know that? Do you know it? The Bible has never been disproved, ever. Ever. Nobody has ever been able to prove it wrong. So what that means is that what God says in his word is true. That he's going to fulfill the promises and that scripture that he brings to your mind or that he puts on your heart. You can cling to it knowing that he's going to be faithful. Amen. Do you know that God is speaking? That he's speaking to you and that he's speaking to me? One of the things he's showing me right now is that it is so important to share my testimony. Not my life story. Many of us have seen this in our testimonies. We hear the whole life story. No. God is asking us to share what he's doing in our life right now. What he's speaking to us. What we're learning. How that's applying. What are we seeing? Where is he moving? Do you know how encouraging that that is to hear somebody's testimony? It brings life and excitement. And in my notes, I put it energizes. I did not know what that meant. And then we see that movie that talks about God energizing. How cool. I literally took that word out of my notes because I didn't understand it. Hearing people's testimonies challenges us to start looking for how God is moving in our own lives. Challenges us to start looking for God. Start listening to God. Do you know that when you start sharing your testimony, when you open your mouth, when you physically say the words, God is good, he is faithful, he is loved, something breaks. When you say yes to God, something breaks in us. When we start speaking of God's goodness and of his faithfulness and of his love, And let me encourage you, church, he is speaking. He is good, he is faithful, and he is working. On Thursday night, with this on my heart, right, God's speaking to me. I need to be sharing my testimony. I need to be speaking. 
Thursday night, I came to worship, ready. I didn't know what it looked like, but I was going to do it. And do you know what, church? I couldn't get a word out edgewise. (laughs) I couldn't. All around me, you were sharing your testimony. You were sharing how God was working in your lives. The miracles you were seeing firsthand, you were speaking of God's goodness. And you were speaking of what God had put on your heart for me. How cool is that? Like, how cool is that? So this morning, just I want to challenge you. What is it that God is speaking to you? Is he asking you to share your testimony? To pray for somebody? To listen? To give? Is your heart pounding? Does it bring fear? Let me assure you, God is so trustworthy. He's so trustworthy. And he gives good gifts. He never asks us to do something just to do it, just to see us. I don't know, follow, see what he can get us to do. No. He's so good. He gives such good gifts. And don't you know it blesses you more than them half the time? Don't you know that? How good is God? And let me tell you that when you say yes to God, what happens? When we start listening, when we are obedient to what he's asking us to do, he starts talking more. And before you know it, you're going to have the front row seat to what God's doing. And just like Peter opened his mouth, and 3,000 people came to Christ, came to salvation. So God wants to work through you and through me. For a second. Wow. Woo! So Gina, I asked Gina to stay up here for just a second because I wanted to ask the question. What Gina just shared, did that speak to anybody in this room today? Yeah. Amen. And stay up here for a second because I, I said, I said, I, I believe that this is a 3,000 person message. And so I think what that means is that it's going to take all of us then. It's going to take all of us to be faithful like Gina was faithful today and to go into the dark places where the Spirit wants to go, by the way. The light shines brightest in the darkness. The Spirit loves to go into the chaotic waters and bring order. There are places right now that are chaotic that the Holy Spirit wants to bring you and His Spirit into those chaotic waters and bring order. And so it's going to take all of us, church. And so I actually want to invite my wife up here. And Mary, if you would just be willing to pray over Gina. But as we pray over Gina, we're also praying over all of you. And we don't have time to lay hands on each one of you. But we want to pray that the Lord would just encourage you today. That fear, as I said, is such a powerful emotion. And really, you know, a lot of times I think fear can be a really good thing. It keeps you alive, right? When you're afraid to jump off the cliff, it's telling you don't jump off the cliff. You'll die if you jump. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that as an emotion. But sometimes you can just sense when fear becomes a paralyzing fear that is keeping you from doing what God has created and destined you to do. And so I think that's the fear I'm talking about, that the Lord just wants to set you free today, that you can move again, 
in the rhythms of His grace, obeying His voice. And wherever you are on the journey, right? I, I'm not even saying you have to, be, have to preach a sermon or come up here and, and talk. I, I'm just saying that you'd be free to take the next step, to be authentically you, to, to be who God has called you to be. And so, Mary, if you wouldn't, wouldn't mind praying for Gina. And as we pray, we're praying for all of us in this room that, again, thousands would come to know Jesus through what? Through us, by the power of God living in us, in us, but also working through us. May many people come to salvation in Jesus. So would you bow your heads and, and let's pray together. Father God, I just lift up Gina and all of my brothers and sisters in this room today, Lord, and those that are watching online, Lord. We, all of us that are knit together uh, in this moment, Father, and Lord, we just, everything that Gina just spoke, Lord, about you being true and about you being faithful and about your word being um, completely 100% proven, and God, that we can trust you, and Lord, that you're a faithful God, and that, Lord, that you do what you say you do, you are who you say you are, and so, Lord, as we cling on to all of those truths this morning, Lord, your, your word talks about the power of your spirit, and the power of your spirit working through us, Lord, has the power to change everything. And so, Lord, this morning, I just pray that your spirit would be poured out all over this room, mm. Lord. To every ear that is listening right now, Lord, I pray that your spirit would just fall in a way that has never fallen before, Lord. I pray that hearts right now, God, would be surrendered. Lord, that we would just break yes. down any fear, any barrier that we've held up in place for this long, Lord, that hasn't allowed us to freely say, God, you have permission to do whatever you want through me, Lord. I lay it all down. Use me, Lord. Dan used the word conduit, where you're literally just a channel of God's energy from him through you out to others. And so, Lord, we just pray right now, Father, that your spirit would be unleashed. Lord, it's just that word unleashed where there would be no boundaries, no restrictions, Lord, that um, our ears would be supernaturally turned to your word and to your, your words, Lord, that are spoken. Father, that we would be so sensitive that when you tell us to stop, Lord, we stop in our tracks and we open our eyes and we see what are you asking me to do, Lord. I pray for Gina as she's out in the community, Lord, as she's um, talking to people that don't know you, Lord, as she's in these rooms and these situations, Father, where the, the light of Christ needs to be brought in, that, Lord, when she steps into that room, the room changes because she brings you with her, Lord. And I pray that over everybody in here as well, Father, that where we go, we take your spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and things change. And so, God, just I'm just giddy with the excitement of knowing the potential of the game changing that's in this room right now, Lord, if each of us would just say yes. And so, Lord, would you start to speak? Lord, would you start to move through us? Lord, would you just use us to your potential? God, would you allow us to just be free? And Lord, that you would remove all fear, anxiety, Lord, that even if our palms are sweaty and our hands are shaking, Lord, that there's a boldness that rises up within us that's like, I'm going to speak this. Because I'm going to know what's going to happen. And so, Lord, again, would you just, your spirit would just move over us right now, Lord. Would you uh, flow freely through us, Lord. Would the power of your kingdom just be released through the body of Christ that sits before you right now, Lord. Lord, use us. Lord, we're open. Lord, I... Gina, I just pray over you right now that there's going to be a conversation probably in the next week or so that the Lord's going to place you in that room and that 
and when that conversation comes and when those words need to be spoken, that you would just be bold in that and that the Spirit would just fill you with all boldness and confidence right now, that you would just be full to overflowing, Lord, that you would just fill her. God, you would use her. And when that moment comes, Lord, you'll bring this conversation back to her mind and she'll be like, for such a time as this, this is the conversation. This is for me. This is my moment to speak your truth and your word, Lord. God, let us not underestimate what you can do through one spoken word. Mm. Love you, Jesus. Lord, use us. Mm. Move, Lord, in your powerful, holy name, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Amen. Church, I don't know about you, but even as we were praying, I was sensing next steps in my own life. And I, I hope that some of you are sensitive to those things, right? Anybody else? Like you, there, you can feel it. Like, oh, I got to text this person. I got to call this. So praise the Lord. He's so good. Can we just thank Gina Britt one more time? And come on. Amen. And let's stand together and let's worship the Lord.